All right, here we go, y'all. It's a very special day, another travel day for another amazing event that I'll be attending in Boise, Idaho. We the Patriots USA, but there's so many events happening simultaneously. I can't go to all of them and neither can you. But if you happen to be near Virginia, uh, we'll talk to you about an event I want you to attend uh, this coming weekend. Uh, and Jonathan Emort will be here with the Sacred Fire of Liberty to describe that and so much more to discuss. And then in hour two, uh, my good friend, Dr. Edward Griffin, naturopath, will talk uh, silver as a therapeutic agent and a supplemental agent in uh, in utilization for sinus cleansing and gut recovery. Good stuff on tap here on the Robert Scott Bell Show. Let's crank it up for health, freedom, healing, liberty, sacred fire of liberty right about now. The Robert Scott, the Bell, Robert Show. Scott Bell Show. The voice of health, freedom, and liberty. The Robert Scott Bell Show. Welcome one and all to a special edition of the Robert Scott Bell Show, Sacred Fire of Liberty, as we have a number of events that you'll want to know about, some of which I'll attend, some of which Jonathan Emord will attend, and others. Uh, I'm, of course, always up there at the uh, the upcoming events tab at robertscottbell.com, as well as emord4va.com as well. Uh, so you'll learn more about what Jonathan Emord is up to. In fact, better better yet, let's just ask him. Jonathan Emord, welcome back. Sacred Fire of Liberty is on, my friend. Yes, Robert. Well, this uh, this Friday, June the second, in Purcellville, Purcellville, um, Virginia, uh, we are having a straw poll. Uh, the Loudoun County Republican Committee is having the first straw poll of the election season for U.S. Senate, and so uh, seven candidates are in the race for U.S. Senate. I being one of them. And the straw poll will be an unscientific survey of those in attendance to see who they support. Um, we have purchased 185 tickets for the event and are giving them away to our supporters so they can come and vote. It's really a family affair thing. People will be bringing their kids out there. That's like a carnival atmosphere. And it's at a thing called the Bush Tabernacle. It's from 6.30 p.m. until 9.00. And uh, there'll be speeches by the candidates, and they'll also be voting by uh, uh, QR code, I think, or something like that. Mm -hmm. uh, and um, yeah, we're hoping to win. So we are pleased to report that we have about 100 people. Uh, it's right there, 93, 93 people mm -hmm. who have already registered to come out and vote for us. We'd like to have double that amount. Um, and so... Uh, there are no longer tickets available through the county because they're all sold out, but we have tickets available for our supporters. All they have to do is register right there at that link and uh, join us and vote for Emord. We'll, uh, this, this will be a fun event for families as well as you pointed out. And uh, it's, it's, where is it further West in Virginia towards? Uh, yeah. Okay. And so if you're in that, that area or you want to have a nice uh, trip for the weekend, whatever, hit it. It's um, coming up and you want to support Jonathan anymore. I'm going to put the word out to some of my friends out in that area, hopefully get fill up the rest of the tickets. And and I, I like, again, to see for anybody that can attend how 
you will interact or how others will interact with you is particularly these other candidates. Cause you've, you've told some stories that are pretty funny for these so-called politicians or want to be politicians that don't understand how to speak truthfully, honestly, with integrity and principle. Uh, it's kind of an awkward situation. They see you and it's like, it resonates. It's like, they're not, they don't know how to do that. And yeah, so, I ain't no politician, Robert. So I don't do that. Uh, say, say things for five minutes and say nothing at all in the context <laughs> right. of substance. I don't do that. I don't understand that. But yeah, there's a lot of that going on. But we'll be up there and people have their choice. And I think it's kind of a cool thing because I'm delighted by how many people are signing up to support us. And of course, you know, most people sign up in the last 24 hours. So that's uh, we're we're broadcasting today, uh, recording early. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's not the first yet. But um, as a consequence, you know, we're already at 93. I think we're probably going to be somewhere around 150 to 200 people. And that'll be huge because <laughs> uh, that's uh, that's about half the entire group that uh, can can fit into the building. So, yeah. Well, look, there's a lot of good things happening and people are resonating everywhere. I, t I talk to folks about you that didn't know. In fact, we had a guest on. Uh, was it last week? I think who's also from Virginia and he, no, it was, it was yes, two days ago. I can't keep up with everything. It's going so fast, Jonathan. Uh, but he, he was an author of a book about the things Al Gore doesn't want you to know on climate. Uh, really a, a brilliant scientist on the climate issue. We talked about the CO2 stuff and all the regulations on, on energy production. And I mentioned, cause he's in Virginia about you. He's like, I didn't know about him. Let me know. And we connected you. So we should have some more support for those that uh, have rational, cognitive, critical thinking skills still intact there in Virginia. Well, I invite him to come out because he'll find uh, that I'm the only candidate who fully understands the issue with him. Oh, and for sure. I, I definitely want to connect you. Yeah. Now, we uh, for, for those of you uh, watching today live, uh, it's uh, we may be a little bit behind in the news cycle because there's a lot that's changing with the debt ceiling limit votes and things like that because it's a travel day. Uh, to the We the Patriots USA event I'm attending in Boise on the 2nd and 3rd. And Jonathan, I just want to get your sense of what's happening there in terms of this ongoing debacle called a debt ceiling limit. Why should we even be having to raise it again and again and again? Because it tells me the irrespons fiscal irresponsibility, primarily of the Democrats right now, but let's not you know, absolve the Republicans of any wrongdoing in here over very many generations and administrations the ability and willingness to just go spend the future money of the people of America, kids not even born yet, and tie them to a debt. For what purpose, you know? Welfare, warfare, you know, where's the constitutional limitations on the growth of government? Well, when is it that politicians are going to face the music and they're going to realize that, in fact, we're driving our nation into bankruptcy, into a state of oblivion financially, $32 trillion in debt, when are we going to face up to the reality of that and not saddle ch generations in the future with massive amounts of debt? Time is now. Uh, don't put it off for tomorrow. The time is now. And so what they should be doing is introducing a budget that includes massive cuts in federal spending and that vastly expands the uh, marketplace for free enterprise. So you cut taxes, cut corporate and individual taxes and create incentives for people to get into productive enterprise so that we can bring down the national debt by built by growing the American pie. Don't assume the pie to be static. Let's grow it 
And then let's also cut government spending dramatically. We have $4 trillion of excess spending in one year. That needs to be cut, up, cut out. And this whole idea of just increasing the debt ceiling limits and just carrying on with more and more and more spending is totally ruinous. So when do we face the music? When is it going to happen? And I'm for, I'm for facing it right now. Let's deal with this issue currently. Let's fix the American budget uh, for the government and let's fix the American economy by unleashing it and by bringing foreign manufacturers home and by expanding the economic pie here in America so we can have more upward mobility, more prosperity, more progress, more freedom. Yeah. We, how can we operate in this permanent state of debt? Because debt, as I understand it, is is servitude or even slavery to something, in this case, uh, usury that with interest that can never be actually repaid unless you stop, you know, overspending and borrowing and overspending and borrowing. And the weirdness, of course, of the Federal Reserve Act of 1913 has set the stage for this unlimited printing of money and not tying it to any limited resource of value like gold or silver, things like that. So they had the ability through, you know, I guess they call it hypothecating the debt where and, and then pawn, pawning it off on, again, as I mentioned, children yet to be born, much less our kids and their kids when they're born, uh, how they are uh, basically tied into that. It seems to be an unconscionable thing that we're doing to generations to come. And yet when we talk about the strength of our country, is it because we can go into unlimited debt or would it be because we're actually producing more than we need, and there we had a surplus, and in that surplus, we can grow healthily. Well, uh, debt is ruinous. I mean, if you look at the interest charged on credit card debt now, around 25%, massive increase. If you look at the availability of loans, almost none. You look at the cost of interest on getting a new home mortgage rising and rising. You look at... Uh, the number of basis points that the Fed has added, you know, and their interest in substantially even increasing more basis points so that the cost of borrowing is almost impossible. This is the sign of a shrinking GDP. This is the sign of a, a country eating itself alive. And uh, we have to reverse that. And we need prosperity. We need growth. We need economic prosperity. To do that, we have to end the climate change agenda, which is nothing more than a Trojan horse for socialism. We have to revamp uh, energy independence and make us so that we're an energy exporter and replace the Russians in Europe, providing liquefied natural gas to Europe. And we need to build the mightiest economic power in the world by enabling free enterprise to reign supreme here. And that um, is all doable. Uh, but we have to get our fiscal house in order. We've, we've witnessed uh, now over two decades of profligate government spending. And in the last administration, this administration, I mean, we've witnessed a roaring massive increase in spending to the tunes of trillions of dollars pumped into the economy all at once. So we have an inflation that's going to be persistent and wicked and hurting those on fixed incomes hurting those trying to enter the market, kids who are trying to get into business for the first time, hurting small business, uh, hurting everybody who wants a loan or wants to buy a new home or has to have uh, a credit card to help them get by. All of these things are, are now being hammered, hammered by this whole ridiculous, wasteful spending spree. Mm -hmm. So 
The solution is to roll back the spending, cut government programs, reduce the size and scope of government, and also follow the Arthur Laffer supply side uh, a solution of the Reagan era and cut taxes to grow the economy. You'll get more in the end, ironically, even though you're cutting taxes, you're going to get more revenue. Well, more it, it happened then, in fact, mathematically, they saw, wow, how did we cut taxes and more revenue comes in? Well, as more activity, economic activity occurs, more flow in that regard. Now, uh, Senator Rand Paul, who I really am excited for you to be in the Senate to work with, is one of those people that do understand the Constitution more than most, uh, says about this uh, debt ceiling limit thing. He says, there's nothing conservative. This is a tweet I'm reading from about a debt deal that grants unlimited borrowing for two years that experts estimate will likely exceed $4 trillion. I, he says, I will insist on an amendment vote to enact real spending caps that lead to a balanced budget in five years. What is he talking about there? Well, he's, he's, he's explaining what, you know, this is a senator who is being responsible. Rand Paul has always been a stalwart defender of budget responsibility. I mean, he's never been one who's believed in profligate spending. He wants to cut and reduce the size and scope of the federal government, as do I. So we will be uh, really marching in lockstep on these issues in, uh, in the Senate. And, and the benefit of that, of course, is that the prospect for America to uh, leave the doldrums that they're now in and enter an era in which there's unlimited prosperity and private sector growth and totally limited government and restoration of the constitutional limits on government power. Those, those days are ahead of us. And I really do believe that, the, that um, together with the support of the American people, that we will overcome all obstacles to uh, freedom and progress. And I think that we are on the cusp of a move now mm -hmm. where the public is going to pivot and support these sound, uh, logical and essential measures and confound those on the other side who believe that there's no end in government spending, there's no end in government uh, programs, there's no end in uh, diminution of the private sector to expand government, mm -hmm. and there's no end in enslavement of people. <clears throat> to pursue government policy. So that that idea of socialism, of communism, really, is, mm -hmm. I think, finally reaching a point with the American people where they've said we've had enough. Yeah. Now, Jonathan, uh, obviously, Ron Paul has endorsed you, uh, and, and which is an extraordinary statement, considering you're still in the primary phase and, and you know, he knows you and what you're all about. Um, some of the controversies come when we get to budgetary discussions. Uh, in 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 terms of welfare and warfare. And Ron Paul said there's a difference between military spending and defense spending. Uh, there's clearly a lot of waste would be an understatement in terms of the military spending, especially now that it's gone woke, et cetera. Uh, how would you differentiate between that, which is of you know defensive nature, keeping us strong because we need that immune system as a country versus what we see like in Ukraine and, and this militarism that is not truly for our benefit, but for some globalist agenda. Well, we have to defend our interests everywhere around the world, and we need to have uh, what what President Trump has called an America first policy in which if you are a foreign nation and you are targeting American citizens, you should be, or if you are a group that is targeting American citizens, we must act wherever you are and we must take you out. As far as uh, our defense budget is concerned, we have tremendous waste. 
But at the same, by, at the same time, we have insufficient dedication of resources to the new types of weapon systems we will need to protect our country from the great threat that communist China poses. And that threat is, is both internal, a security threat, which is ongoing right now as they ravage our nation, taking all of our intellectual property secrets and military secrets. This is going on ongoing. This has to be stopped. And there needs to be a full dedicated effort to do that. That's a part of military intelligence. In addition to that, we need to ensure that we have the most sophisticated and effective weapon systems to defend our nation from a nuclear attack, but also to defend our nation from terrorist attacks and also to defend our interests around the world where the people are engaged in free enterprise from attacks from various terrorist type groups. We need to deal with the cartels at our southern border. They are a terrorist organization. They are succeeding in killing over 130,000 Americans a year by pumping fentanyl into our country. They're pumping through our country all sorts of criminal elements that are engaged in rape and murder and mayhem. This with the full backing of the communist Chinese. We need to be able to interdict that and prevent that. And so we need actual border protection, which is a national security issue. I've explained my program, which would involve block grants to the states to beef up border protection by having more state police and more National Guard. At the same time, we need to finish wall construction. And in addition to that, we need to have the asylum system revamped statutorily so that if you're seeking asylum in the United States, you would be forbidden from being an American citizen if you come across our border to seek asylum. You should go and the law should provide clearly for asylum seekers to seek asylum in their countries of origin through the American embassies there or if necessary in an adjacent country, but not directly to the United States. So that would substantially reduce the numbers that are present at the border. And it would also enable us to strengthen our, our national security, substantially reduce crime domestically. So there's a lot to be done to make us stronger. But in the end, mm -hmm. no matter what we want to do, if we don't start growing the economy greatly, if we don't start building a massive uh, private sector and diminish the scope and size of the federal government and its intrusion into the market, we are not going to be able to keep up yeah. with the threats posed internationally to our existence. And if we don't secure our borders, the game is up as well. So there's a lot to be done. And But uh, to your point, there's a lot of fat in the, in the military budget. I mean, look, they just spent upwards of three quarters of a trillion dollars on a woke agenda. Yeah, exactly. Or, you know, for the military and for uh, state and local governments in which they are pushing the whole climate change agenda and also this whole uh, critical race theory, racism agenda in the military. That's ruinous. Uh, but we take that uh, expenditure and eliminate it and revamp the military and reallocate the resources so that we focus on building the strongest, our whole focus has to be on meritocracy, mm -hmm. building the strongest military in the world so that we are an impregnable uh, nation that if you dare take uh, action against our people or against our interests, you will suffer a swift and powerful and devastating rebuke. And well, that needs to be very clear. The international world is the world of lawlessness. We can only have laws that affect our own country. Here we want freedom. We want to protect it. 
We want to ensure that our people are free. But for those who don't believe in freedom, who are threatening our existence around the world, they need a very clear message. If you behave yourself and avoid hurting Americans, avoid depriving us of our interests around the world, you may live. But if you dare take American lives, if you dare destroy American property or interests, you must then pay the price. And that has to be very, very clear. In order to have a strong defense, we have to be a functional economy, to your point. And this comes back around to our discussion of the debt ceiling limit. There's a point at which, and Ron Paul would say this, you know, if you want to uh, you know, continue to rule the world or be the policeman of the world, you can't do it when you have an economy in shambles, when you have an overgrowth of government that's so large that even well, the American I, people at home. I think that both Rand Paul, Ron Paul, and I share this in common. I don't believe in military adventurism. I don't believe in trying to make Iraq, for example, mm -hmm. a Jeffersonian democracy. I think that Bush era effort of having a permanent United States army in Iraq and, and propping up a regime there that would reflect Jeffersonian democracy is the wrong uh, way to go about this because people are entitled, even if they're wrongheaded in our view, to their own self-determination. Right. But what they are not entitled to do is threaten American lives, blow up American property, take America uh, and try to destroy it. That's where we draw the line. If you attack us that way, we must respond and vigorously and powerfully and in a devastating manner. But if they want to have, if they're fool enough to have a theocratic dictatorship, that's their business. Exactly. And we shouldn't be taking action as in an adventurous manner to prop up regimes that we think are going to be supportive of us. Having said that, we must act against efforts by China to do the same thing, to prop up pro-communist regimes by bribing states, by interfering with their operations. And that's because the end in view of communist China is very clear. They want to destroy the United States. And not only that, they want to undermine and, and violate our interests around the world. So what does that mean? That means we have to be smart. And number one on the smart list is kicking out of the United States those engaged in Chinese espionage. Mm -hmm. And also fortifying our defenses against hacking and against uh, uh, domestic espionage by the Chinese and against the use of their power uh, to undermine our interests around the world. Uh, we are not, you know, if it, just because you are outside of the United States and you're an American citizen, you ought not fear, you ought not be in perpetual fear that a foreign power is going to take you and the United States will do nothing. This administration has sent that message that America is weak that if you if we're you know if 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 you're overseas or if you're in Russia you're 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 or in China that you could be kidnapped that you could be incarcerated and that the United States will do virtually nothing to help you that cannot be the position of the United States the United States has to defend our people has to defend it and it needs to be clear around the world that if you act against an american you kill an american citizen that is an act of war against the united states itself we might not uh, 
fully weaponize our all of our available systems to go after you, but we will ensure that justice is had for our citizen. We will capture uh, those responsible for taking a person and killing them. We will bring them to justice, and we will also extricate Americans when they're in trouble, and we will use whatever force is necessary to do it. We need to be abundantly clear about that. If we are, then Americans will be safe. But you there see, John, you know, let me just bring this one yeah, point up. You sure. remember when the terrorists were blowing up airplanes all the time, mm -hmm. when they were taking airplanes, their terrorist attacks on the airplanes? Well, we did something very smart. What we did is we sent through back channels a clear message to the terrorist organizations that if you do this, we're going to massacre you. And then in addition, we put fire marshals on the on the planes. Well, air marshals, yes. Air marshals, excuse yeah. me. Yeah. Fire marshals. <laughs> air marshals on the plane. We should have put fire marshals on the <laughs> just to be safe. Air marshals on the planes, and we and we made it clear. And then we actually had several instances where attempts were made at uh, at taking down aircraft, and they were shot uh, through through their seats in the in, in in their aircraft. And then in addition to that. The American people were given full and free information about what happened, and American citizens began to take down these people on aircraft. So, I mean, we we this is we are a great people. We have many enemies. They want to kill us, and we need to be able to protect ourselves. And we need a government that will stand up for us. Well, and we cannot do this in weakness. And that's where I keep coming back to the indebtedness. For instance, to China. You know, a, a, an unfortunate mortal enemy to the United States. They would love to see us uh, diminished or eliminated if they could. And they're doing it via the economic war that our people don't seem to understand without necessarily sh firing, you know, missiles and shots and bullets and things simply by bringing us to our economic knees in debt. And I just I'm just like, I don't know enough for the Republicans that understand that vulnerability that we have. As we talk about the ability to be strong and have a military defensive capacity, which is vital to the constitutional, you know, uh, our endurance. But then again, we have a government that looks at the American people who appreciate Thomas Jefferson and the founding fathers as enemies of the state. You know what I don't like, Robert? What I don't like is that while while uh, uh, leader, you know, Speaker McCarthy was negotiating with the Biden administration on efforts to restrain uh, spending. Um, and they had some limited successes hither and yon. What they did not do is simultaneously campaign to the American public and explain, this is what the national debt is. This is where we're going. This is how much money we're spending on a daily basis. This is what the, is gonna. This is what it means for future generations, and we have got to stop this now. They needed a full court press, and they got a half court press. They needed to take this to the American people and explain why this debt is ruinous to your own financial situation, why you're paying more in interest from expenditures that are gone wild and so forth. They needed to make that case, which is yet to be made. To the American people, spend the money to do it, bring it to the American people. And if they had done that, the pressure on the Biden administration would have been substantial and we would have seen substantially more cuts. And what we have instead is really virtually no cutting at all and uh, just a narrowing of the debt, uh, the, the, you know, the, the elevation of the national debt. Mm -hmm. But it's not enough. We have to cut spending 
and do it meaningfully in a very significant way. And that's not what's happening. No, not at all. And so, folks, if you're not on board yet, please support Jonathan E. Mort. If he were in the United States Senate replacing Tim Kaine, uh, he can work with others. And and again, I know your position is not about whether somebody's a D or an R. It's about, you know, what are they standing for? It's beyond the divide, if you will, and what we are all in under threat of. Should we not come back to our constitutional senses, so to speak? And uh, that's a big part of what we do here with the Sacred Fire of Liberty each and every week with you uh, on the air to talk about these issues from a, a fundamental, again, principled perspective. And then I, again, I bring up the domestic uh, terrorism of our own government against the people who simply want freedom of speech on many issues, political and uh, related to health issues, the challenges we had under COVID because they and uh, they're continuing to suppress our speech. We're still banned on LinkedIn for shows that we did together, much less our discussion that we have been proven right time and time again over the course of the COVID nonsense and narrative that if we had freedom and innovation, the physicians, the doctors, the holistic and integrative physicians as well, working together would have curtailed the the, the many de deaths. I would say thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of people would still be here. Yet we're still looked at by our government, the regime that is in control right now, as enemies of the state for wanting to speak out about freedom in health and healing. Well, it's even worse than that. I mean, the Biden administration has basically categorized anyone who has a conservative view or believes in the Constitution as a domestic enemy. Mm -hmm. uh, they're, they're not only uh, weaponizing... Uh, you know, the censorship regime, but what they're also weaponizing the Department of Justice and the FBI in uh, in going after people who are doing nothing more than articulating a conservative viewpoint. And um, this is the most grotesque politicization of the enforcement powers of government that we have ever seen. It is a massive corruption that is ruinous. They've created a two-tiered system of justice. If you are an American citizen, you rank below an illegal alien. If you are an American citizen who's been robbed, uh, beaten, tortured, uh, murdered, or, or raped by an illegal alien, you will get no sympathy from the federal government of the United States. You're not going to get the protection that you're deserving. And then in addition to that, if you, you know, remember the recent event at the Catholic Church in Richmond, Virginia, where uh, the local FBI office had produced a memo in which it characterized uh, uh, parishioners who went to the Latin mass as vulnerable to white supremacist uh, um, influence. And Tim Kaine was asked about this. Now, of course, any rational, normal human being who understood the Constitution would condemn that outright as a violation of freedom of, of religion. To have the FBI going into uh, churches uh, conservative Latin mass Catholic uh, churches and uh, searching to see if there's anyone who has a scruple that suggests that there are white supremacists. Are you kidding me? Uh, no probable cause of any criminality, just looking for political enemies, right? Well, uh, none of us likes white supremacists, uh, those who believe in racism, albeit CRT is all about racism and the Biden administration endorses that racism. But the point is, that this is an outrage and every American, whether Republican or Democrat, could re should recognize this as a violation of freedom of religion. 
and First Amendment rights and stand against it and say, no, the FBI can't just go willy-nilly into churches and uh, undercover in an attempt to ferret out individual parishioners who are said to have scruples that disagree with the administration's position. That's not a crime. If they're engaged in a crime, yes. But if they have a repulsive viewpoint, that's protected by the First Amendment. If they act on a repulsive viewpoint that causes injury to somebody, aha, then you have an action. But what did Kane say? Kane said he had no problem with the FBI doing this, fully understood that there are probably white supremacists in the Catholic mass, Latin mass. Kane is Catholic. And he had no problem with the investigations going on, the undercover agents in churches. No problem with that. What he had a problem was they didn't adequately communicate to the leadership of the Catholic Church. That was his problem. Now, that's not a person who loves civil liberties. That's not a person who loves your rights. That's not a person who cares about protecting your freedom of religion and right to worship. It's just appalling to me that somebody like that would think that way. Well, look at the agenda here. I've just sent it an article over. You can open it. And you just think this is the Babylon Bee, you know, a spoof. But an article actually at the New Yorker magazine says the rise of Latino white supremacy. Wait, what, 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 excuse me? At you know what? There, I, I, I've, I've been everywhere, all over Virginia, and I've yet to meet a white supremacist. I'm sure there are white supremacists somewhere. But I, I'm telling you, um, if they're there, they aren't visible. And if they're there, they're very hard to find. Um, having said that, if you find someone who's stupid enough to be a white supremacist who bases an opinion on the color of your skin, by the way, the yeah. whole Fairfax County school system does that. The Loudoun County school system does that. They have race-based decision-making. They're going to get rid of meritocracy in favor of critical race theory, race-based decision-making. All right. So there's racism in this country, all right. But, and it should be ferreted out, and it violates the Equal Protection Clause in the Civil Rights Act, and I'm going to enforce those against those institutions, including state educational institutions, and cut off their federal funding if they engage in this kind of racism. But when it comes to the search for the white supremacist, you're, you're going to go pretty doggone far and wide to find one in America. And to say... Yeah. Like uh, Biden says that everybody's a white supremacist. Any conservative is a white supremacist as far as Biden is concerned. Same thing with Kamala Harris. When it comes to the truth, however, the mere uh, fact that a person is conservative does not mean they're a white supremacist. The mere fact someone's conservative doesn't mean they're a racist. In fact, a true conservative is anything but a racist. A true conservative believes in individual liberty and freedom of choice for all, regardless of race. That's the legacy, the true legacy of Thomas Jefferson, who wanted to end the institution of slavery in this country, mm -hmm. who actually wrote the Declaration of Independence, all men are created equal, in that old English reference of all men meaning all people. And if you have any doubt about that, read the 168-word paragraph he wrote in the Declaration, in his draft of it, in which he declared the institution of slavery an abomination brought on the colonies by George III and said it violated the rights of the enslaved people. The mm -hmm. rights of the enslaved people. Who are the enslaved people? Men, women, 
whites and blacks, a lot of blacks and, a, and several thousand, tens of thousands of whites at the time. So well, and we come back to debt because all slavery is an economic, uh, you know, primarily an economic issue. And ultimately, whoever is running and owning and controlling other people, they couldn't care what color of the skin you have in, in reality. And, and now we've entered into a process of what we call voluntary servitude, right? Involuntary was outlawed, uh, but voluntary. You could still volunteer into debt slavery. And, and I come back to the behavior not only of our government, if we can call it that, Jonathan, but the American people who have learned a lot from their government about how to operate in the economy, and that is through debt. Uh, there's an article in The Hill uh, that just came out uh, recently called, it says Americans owe $1 trillion in credit card debt. Now, this is the result, of course, of a weakening economy, uh, an economy that is uh, increasingly forcing more and more people to work longer and longer. Or we've talked about the transition in the 20th century where you used to have one breadwinner, so to speak, in a, in a family, and, and one of the family could stay home as a parent to care for the children, if you will. And that's long gone in most families. And so the indebtedness to government, the pay the cost of government, which is outrageous, uh, has led itself to the behavior of most Americans operating on a shoestring or in debt just to get by with daily bills, with credit card debts running into a trillion dollars. Well, and it's going to get worse because look, people on fixed incomes, people who are in retirement, people who are just getting into the marketplace, people who are for whatever reason due to illness or to disability cannot fully participate in the market. All of these people who are suffering, are being hammered by this debt and they have to resort to what when they don't have the that when when you're when the cost of everything is going up and the money that you're receiving is not mm -hmm. and what are you going to do you're going to rely on credit cards you're going to rely on anything you can to get by and that's going to mean more debt for you so this this trillion dollar you watch this trillion dollar is going to mushroom and and it's going to be substantially higher than a trillion dollars in just a matter of months. Mm -hmm. and the reason is inflation is eating people alive. They can't afford to put gas in their car. What do you do? You can't afford gas in your car. You suddenly start spending more on your credit card beyond what you can pay monthly. It adds mm -hmm. to that. Then where are you? So this is this is the way it is. People are sinking in a in a well of debt that is being created by federal government spending. It's, a, it's as much of a tax to have inflation eat your income as it is to have the government directly tax. It's the same thing. You're ending up losing money because of government action. Here, it's overspending. And at the same time, by the way, taxes are indeed going up. And so are costs, fees, and everything else associated with government operations. Yeah. And the position on the private sector is extremely onerous. We are looking at, we're teetering on the brink of a deep recession. We are in a recession. They say, no, we're not in a recession. In fact, we are in a recession and it's going to get much worse until we move this ship. We write this ship and send it in the right direction, which is toward freedom and progress, which depends on tax reduction, which mm -hmm. depends on massive government spending cuts which depends on growing the private sector and shrinking the government sector. And we can do this. And this is the plan I have for America and for our state in Virginia. And I want the people of Virginia and the people of America 
to enjoy the greatest prosperity ever. And we can have that. We would have an economic boom in this country, the likes of which you've never seen if we substantially cut taxes on individuals and on corporations, if we invited back from overseas foreign companies that are there, particularly the pharmaceutical industry in China, invited them back with tax incentives, if we broke down barriers to freedom of informed choice by patients so that the censorship at FDA would be ended, so that information could be supplied, people would be, if, if more information were out there, yeah. Realize what would happen to the health marketplace? Oh, if, we, if we dropped a lot of the licensing restrictions, if we eliminated a lot of the regulations, if we ended censorship of nutrient disease information, we would have a market that would just be going gangbusters because Whoa. people would be, you know, and the whole argument against that is, oh, oh, fraud will be everywhere. Well, you know what? That's just simply not true. Fraud can be prosecuted on a case-by-case -case basis. That's what you're supposed to do when someone yeah. commits a crime. You don't blame everybody. You just blame the ones that committed the fraud. But what it really would do is create a competition in the market where people could decide for themselves what's in their own best interest with full information. Mm -hmm. And just making a decision based on full information will improve health outcomes. And what does that mean? That means less reliance on public services, that means less uh, dependence on government. And that means far more independence and freedom for the American people. So that means that's far less money for the pharmaceutical industry that has purchased, uh, let's just call it the uh, oligarchy in many ways, the, the regulatory capture that if anybody doesn't see that yet, uh, I have to use the word moron because it's so obvious to everybody what has occurred. But if you're more reliant upon that money flowing into you, you don't care about what we're talking about, Jonathan, and what you would help facilitate in the U.S. Senate, which is the rolling back of these regulations to allow for freedom of speech and freedom of, of good scientific information that would open up the floodgates for health and wellness like never before in our lifetime to witness people recovering and not having to rely upon a system that is so far beyond bankrupt in terms of Medicare, Medicaid, et cetera, which only allows for monetary expenditure into one arena that manages diseases that are often created by their interventions. So it's well, it, we have a hopelessly corrupt FDA. It's a captive of the drug industry. All you need to know is that the drug industry itself, when they petition for new drug approval, submit their own testing on their own drug. That's an inherent conflict of interest. You think you get an unbiased, objective, scientific assessment of a drug when the party that has spent uh, literally hundreds of millions of dollars to develop the drug is the only party testing it. So you have a financial interest to get it into the market. And that interest in getting it into the market you don't recognize as a conflict with independent safety and efficacy testing. So this has been rigged from the start. The FDA and its statutory regime is actually made to be the handmaiden of the pharmaceutical industry. And we have had whistleblower after whistleblower, dozens of them, flee the FDA as medical reviewers, pop up at, uh, in Congress, and lay out in clear terms with emails and all the, the, the dirty laundry coming out about how the agency heads and their division heads have been basic over and over again, lapdogs and servants of the largest pharmaceutical companies in, in, the, in the history of the world. We're from Vioxx, where they knew 
fully well, that it was hard toxic. They kept it on the market anyway. It was actually Merck itself that withdrew it under an avalanche of product liability suits. But when it came to Lester Crawford, the FDA commissioner at the time, what did he do in the face of his own medical reviewers saying the heart toxicity is an enormous problem? He approved it for pediatric rheumatoid arthritis patients, for kids, even while against all the evidence of heart toxicity. Now, why is that? Well, could it be that when Lester Crawford left the FDA, he went to work for Policy Directions, Inc., and one of its substantial donors to that uh, 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 lobbying organization was none other than Merck? Mm -hmm. What, when do we recognize that there's these conflicts of interest and that FDA is hopelessly, irredeemably corrupt? And I, I deal with that all the time over there. It's incredible. What's the status if, if you have an update on the deference to the Chevron decision? We talked about the oligarchy, FDA, where the, the courts have just said, hey, well, in this point of controversy, we'll just defer to the experts in there. And there's been some uh, you know, talk, if, if we talk about overturning that deference, uh, standard, if you will. And, uh, I don't know where that stands right now, but it, again, I know you're not waiting for that. If you, when you become the U S Senator from Virginia, well, but well, this is super good news. I mean, now we're on to, uh, our third major decision potentially that has whacked the administrative state and restored some semblance of the uh, separation of powers and the accountability of the agencies. There's the Loper Bright Enterprises case, which is pending before the, the Supreme Court. And that case, if it ends up following in suit with the other cases, could well result in a elimination or substantial reduction in the Chevron deference doctrine. Under Chevron deference, that's the name of the case, Chevron, mm -hmm. of the 1980s, uh, the the uh, courts defer to agency interpretation of their own statutory or uh, enabling statutes and of their own um, facts of record in a case. So they get to determine what facts are relevant and what are not. The agencies do, and the courts simply defer to that. And this is this is uh, held to be the case in almost all cases except where, the specific issue has been directly addressed by Congress in the statute, which is frequently not the case. As a result, the courts just have deferred over and over again to gross abuses taking place in the administrative agencies. What we need is de novo review. That is a full review of the record, treating the agency as a party, mm -hmm. not as a judicial decision maker, end up treating the agency because they are the prosecutor here as a, as any prosecutor would otherwise be before a independent article three court, which is a party to the case as opposed to deferring to them as a judicial decision maker. That was a terrible, terrible, terrible mistake started in the 1930s and continued mm -hmm. all the way and then reinforced with Chevron in the eighties, bad situation. There have been ruinous decisions over and over and over again by the administrative state, violating the rights of individuals, destroying companies. The FTC is one of the worst culprits. They just got whacked again by the Supreme Court in a 9-0 decision in which the Supreme Court said that if you have a constitutional beef 
-hmm. with the agencies proceeding against you, you don't have to wait for exhaustion of administrative remedies. You can go straight to court. And this is, this is hugely beneficial. Do you realize all of those Pearson cases yeah. that I had, all those, all those FDA cases that I had, mm -hmm. I could have likely brought each one of them to court rather than have to go through years and years of exhaustion of administrative remedies. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I just think this about this place then. Ha have you uh, instigated any ac actions yet on behalf of your clients with this new, new possibilities via the Supreme court? Well, there are several cases in the works right now by my firm. And yes, this is going to result in a lot more litigation against the government, which it should for the abuses that have taken place in the administrative agencies. I've got one case right now pending in California in federal court against uh, uh, ECT, electroconvulsive therapy. That was a nasty little rulemaking that they had at the FDA where they, they changed the standard for uh, ECT medical devices to make them more available despite the enormous amount of adverse information and despite the utter lack of proof that sending 240 to 420 volts of electricity through the, the temples of your, through your brain, oh. uh, resulting in a grand mal seizure and obliteration of your memory is somehow uh, considered an efficacious treatment uh, rather than a act of torture, which it is. Yeah. It's not a treatment. They don't even know how it works. They don't even have a dose response relationship mechanism. All they know is that when someone comes in and they're uncontrollably inconsolable, uh, that if, if they tie them up and uh, give them uh, drugs to make them not resist and then uh, plant these electrodes on their brain and fire mm -hmm. them through with electricity, that they get up after that and they're oblivious to their surroundings, but they no longer are screaming and ranting and raving. Well, yeah, lobotomies do that too. Yeah. Oh. Someone's brains can have that same effect. While you're at it, why don't you just behead the person and then they won't move at all? Yeah, I know. It's absolutely barbaric. It should not be happening in the United States. And it has been happening for decades. And so our case is going after them because we represent a whole bunch of people who were victimized by that ECT. Yeah. And in it, this case, we're trying to get the, the court to compel the agency either to withdraw it from the market okay. uh, entirely because it's not safe and efficacious. And there's no proof of that or uh, to at least put it back where it was, which was a, a highly dangerous medical device. And instead, the agency has just proceeded along as a patsy to the industry expanding the availability of this. And, it, and I'm telling you, this yeah. is really bad. So, so uh, you have a, a, an option to go through the courts instead of the administrative agencies now and fighting, pushing back in this particular. Well, we filed that in the old regime. We still don't have, you know, we, we didn't have the benefit of that, but we would have been able to go straight to court up on this on constitutional grounds. Mm -hmm. but, I, but I think that uh, uh, that's just, I'm just giving you an example of the kinds right. of cases that are going on, the kinds of abuses that happen mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. when, industry controls government and you know, FDA is not a scientific organization. FDA is a political organization that uses science mm -hmm. when it's beneficial to support its preferred outcomes. One more discussion point on oligarchy. Uh, and, and this relates to the ATF alcohol, tobacco, firearms. I don't even know if they're the same called that anymore, but, um, and my, my kids and I went out to the range on Memorial day and we did target practice. And I just love that my son is so engaged in the firearms 
Uh, he's so knowledgeable about them. He teaches ki other kids safety, firearm safety. He's taught my daughter to shoot better than me. <laughs> I'm proud of that. Uh, and yet there, here's an issue. Um, this article uh, coming out of CBS News. ATF, until recreational cannabis is federally legalized, pot users cannot own guns. Now, I recognize that anything can be abused, even natural substances like cannabis. At the same time, if we're to use this standard, those that use alcohol should be banned from or prohibited from owning guns. I mean, you don't talk about anything that alters the mind. It's like this is a preemptive strike against a right that, uh, you know, adults should have to decide what to use. But then again, they're utilizing that potentially to remove the right of self-defense away from Americans. I just again, this is a sticky situation, but I think this is an excuse. It really, it really isn't a sticky situation. Let me explain why. Okay. Um, you cannot have your rights taken away from you, any of your rights, without due process of law. You have to be specifically accused of uh, facts and circumstances that result in uh, an effort by government to defend another from injury. And that has to be based on a case-by-case -case assessment. You can't have these prior restraints where they assume that everybody in a particular category poses a threat. Uh, and, and in this case, I mean, look, they just say that if a person is has ownership of marijuana, that they may not use a gun. Well, what if they're not using it? They just own it and they haven't in, in ingested it. Now, if you're a policeman and you see someone in an intoxicated state, regardless of what it is, wielding a weapon, you can certainly take action against that person for endangering the public or others. Sure. And that's case by case of basis. But just because someone, I mean, look, the founding fathers didn't prohibit those who had uh, in their home a wine cabinet or uh, hard liquor uh, from owning a musket. Uh, they, they did not construe the two as uh, linked because instead they believed in due process. They believed that the presumption is in favor of your rights. And that the government has to overcome that presumption with evidence that you are going to injure someone and it has to be an imminent threat. And when it comes to uh, this whole regime of prior restraints, which is the modern effort to deprive us of our liberties, they want to use any type of basis whatsoever. You, the next thing they're going to say is that if you don't have 20-20 vision, you can't own a gun. Yeah. Or they're going to say that if you're disabled, you can't own a gun. Or they're going to say that if uh, you in the past uh, were arrested for an offense that was violent and you currently own a gun, you may not own a gun because you have a proclivity to be violent. I mean, the red flag laws are outrageous. They're, they say that if a neighbor even accuses you of being a person who is might endanger the community, they can go in and seize your weapons. We have one of those in Virginia right now. But how about having a low social media credit score or uh, sure. you know, the wrong religious views? Uh, any of these things. Then, could be yeah. then in the end, you end up with this broad, progressive uh, public interest concept that if the government thinks that you may be a harm to yourself or others, you can have all of your freedoms taken away. Why not? You can no guns, no. Uh, and so the problem with that is in the absence of specific evidence, showing that you pose a threat, we are enabling the government to enslave us all, to take away our right of self-defense. 
The Second Amendment to the Constitution is a individual right, not a collective right. It's an individual right. And and again, pre arms for your own self defense. You have a right to do that. Right. And before it was written to a free government. Before it was written, the Second Amendment, I must add, is not granting us, you, me, any rights, but preventing the government from violating a right that preexisted, if you will. And the horror of this is when they proceed with this, who are they really hurting? They're not hurting the criminals. What they're hurting are people who live in urban areas, uh, particularly, and they're hurting everybody, but they're hurting people who live in urban areas who really have to run the gauntlet every day to go to work for the kids to go to school. And if they don't have self-defense, they're just victimized and, and they're robbed and they're, and they're, they're beaten and abused and they're shot and they're killed. And who's going to defend them? The police that are defunded, the, uh, who's going to help them? No one. If they don't have a right of self-defense, they're just sitting ducks. Yeah. Jonathan Emord, uh, emord4va.com, linked up in the show notes at robertscottbell.com. I want to remind you as we open the show today talking about the Loudoun County Summer Jamboree, Friday, June 2nd. If you're listening live on Thursday the 1st, it is tomorrow. If you're listening later, get over there. Hurry. (laughs) And uh, they've got free tickets, and we have that link in the show notes to participate in this uh, Loudoun County Summer Jamboree where you can vote in the straw poll uh, for Jonathan E. Mord for the United States Senate in Virginia. Uh, and you don't have to be from Virginia in this. This is not an official election, but, you know, it's part of the strategy and the and the promotion of uh, Jonathan E. Mord in, in awareness in the state for what he is attempting to do and what and, and I believe shall succeed in doing. And that is displacing uh, the, the current U.S. senator uh, there called uh, Kane, Tim Kane. And uh, I just want to uh, encourage all of you that are in anywhere near Virginia to head on over for that. But Go to the website, emord4va.com, which we have linked up, and you can basically sign up. It's free and attend and be part of that event and many other events coming up. Hopefully that I'll be able to attend some more of them as we did that tour. Oh, gosh, has it been a couple of months already in Virginia, the first three-city tour, which was fantastic, and a couple of events outside of Virginia as well in support of your candidacy. Well, yes, sir, Robert. It's been a blast. We'll keep doing it. And yes, if you support my campaign, go to emordforva.com under the events tab, sign up and come on out and vote for me. It'll make a big difference. Uh, We are uh, at this recording, which is before the actual airing. We are at, I think, 94 people who have registered. Maybe that's gone up since we've been on the air. Uh, But uh, yeah, we've got 185 tickets. So come on and sign up and support us. If you don't support us, don't don't get one of our free tickets. (laughs) Yeah. But if you do support us and we'll vote for it, run out. Yeah. All right, Jonathan. Thanks for uh, flexing with me on uh travel schedule to get this, uh, this show in the can to get t- together and I uh, appreciate you so much. And I look forward to hearing about the event uh, next week on the next sacred fire of Liberty edition of the Robert Scott bell show. Appreciate you, my friend. Sounds good, Robert. Take care now. All right. Thanks so much. Next hour. We have a uh, naturopathic physician, Dr. Edward Griffin, my good friend. We'll talk silver therapeutically, supplementally and more. Uh, for sinus issues, for gut issues, and we have a special offer for you to access what we talk about, too. So stick around for that and a whole lot more. Go to robertscottbell.com. You can sign up for the newsletter there or just text my uh, initials, RSB, to 22828. Text RSB to 22828, and uh, perhaps we can get you some plug-in on the uh, great Cardio Miracle webinar we did the other night as well on hormone health. Yeah, endocrine health and 
nitric oxide. Fantastic stuff. So stick around for that and a whole lot more. Thanks for being here. And remember, the power to heal is yours. Yeah, this hour on the Robert Scott Bell Show, we are going to be bringing in my good friend, Dr. Edward Griffin, naturopath, and we'll, we have a great discussion. Uh, he's a good friend, and we have a lot of fun doing trainings on various topics, including silver and copper as a supplement and therapeutically, and we'll help, we'll help doctors, we'll help lay people, and everybody in between. And so look forward to our discussion today, including sinus health and gut health and more, probably a lot more. Uh, after the show today, heading to Boise, Idaho for the We the Patriots USA National Conference. Thanks to Brian Festa. And uh, we got Dr. Ryan Cole joining us there, Steve Dace, uh, James Lyons Weiler, Dr. Jack, Brian Hooker, PhD, Connor Boyack uh, from the Total Twins uh, book series, and more. And I hope that uh, I will see you there. And if not, hopefully you'll go to the Jonathan E. Mort event in Loudoun County, which we talked about last hour. And there are other things that we've covered. Uh, Courtney Turner has an event. So there's stuff going on around the country. You can find one or more events to be at. In fact, my my friend Susie Olson Corrigan is going to be at all, well, three at least events. I don't know how she's doing that travel schedule, uh, but she's terrific. I, I've got to limit my my travel to some degree or else it's just, it's just not responsible to my ability to stand upright and do a show two hours a day, six days a week. Or uh, as we say now, uh, uh, two hours a day, five days a week with one additional hour we've been doing with Sunday conversations. And they're always really fantastic. Remember last weekend, we did the uh, uh, G. Edward Griffin interview and focused on the Red Pill Expo coming up in August in Des Moines, Iowa, which I'll be speaking at. I'll be emceeing as well. And we also discussed the, uh, the benefit that he's had from using the Folium products, foliumpx.com, Bobri Oren. And Dr. Kristner was on with us discussing the benefits of a supercharged, super powerful antioxidant counteracting a lot of oxidative stress and damage, including ionizing radiation exposure, uh, which is an issue in certain areas. And, and from time to time, these accidents can happen. You, you need to counter it. Uh, so check out foliumpx.com. Use the discount code RSB10 to get 10% off as well. And uh, come on out to some of these events. You'll get to meet Bobri and others that are using it, uh, as well as uh, some of my friends, you know, that. Uh, from time to time are on this show or at events that I'm at, like uh, my friends from Nutritional Frontiers, Jamie Dorley and the crew. Uh, they have done extraordinary work in getting really sound validated uh, products, including the EnerDMG that I recommend for everybody, the lozenge I travel with. You never know when you're exposed to glyphosate. Even in cleaner foods, you think they're clean, that everything's sprayed or oversprayed. And so we need to counteract that. The DMG dimethylglycine is an excellent product. And uh, use the code RSB15 for all of the products that they have at NutritionalFrontiers.com and CBDNF.com for their certified organic U.S. grown hemp CBD products. 15% off with the code RSB15, even on sale items. So you can double dip, which is awesome. And uh, finally, a big shout out to uh, Julie Whitman Klein and the family at Trinity School of Natural Health, trinityschool.org. And remember the TrinityHealthFreedomExpo.com. That's coming up mid-October among other upcoming events, but that's the big one, the Health Freedom Expo. And there's the Trinity Live event for healthcare providers and those that are going through training or graduates of Trinity or other uh, 
medical and non-medical training schools, naturopathy as well. And we talked about the distinction, uh, and we'll do so again with Dr. Edward Griffin uh, from what we call uh, uh, accredited naturopathic uh, schools versus, I wish it wasn't a versus, but traditional naturopathy. And, and how we've lost some of that, the beauty of naturopathy by going uh, through a kind of a Flexner Report education curricula to be accepted by and licensed by. So there, there's a lot of things to discuss, and I, I love uh, doing all of that. Just a few other upcoming events I want to mention in uh, June, June 24th, I will be in Loveland, Colorado for the Real Solutions for Healthy Living event. And that's a full day event, in Loveland, Colorado. That's in the upcoming events tab at robertscottbell.com. We have the big RSB family union, not reunion because we've never done this before, the family union, uh, and there's a link to it at Eventbrite. There it is on screen, July 14th, 15th, and 16th. Thanks to our friend Leslie and her family for hosting us at her homestead. There'll be food, family, campfires, music, learning, healing, homesteading, and all kinds of fun, and that will be happening. I just uh, uh, Leslie has also the uh, stay-at-home mom podcast on the Robert Scott Bell Podcast Network, and uh, she recently uh, sa- saved a honeybee colony. A tree was felled. Uh, it was either on her property or near her property, and there was a big uh, uh, bee colony in there, and she sa- she saved them. It's amazing, Leslie. So check that out. Also, the Maho Summer Splash, I'll be speaking to the natural products industry, health food stores in the Midwest on silver and copper, and that's at Maho. That's the uh, 21st through 23rd of July. And on the 21st, that's a Friday, I'll be speaking at the Whitaker's Farm Market uh, outside of Columbus. I think it's about 45 minutes away. Uh, So if you're interested in that, it's a great family that owned that business for a long time. I support them. Then the Red Pill Expo, August 12th and 13th, Des Moines, Iowa. Then we have the Cancer Control Society's 48th Annual Cancer Convention, September 2nd through 6th, basically Labor Day weekend, Glendale Hilton Hotel. And so we'll be back at the L.A. Basin area for that weekend. Then we have the Biomed Expo where I'll be speaking and I'll be moderating some panels and broadcasting biomedexpo.com September 14th through the 17th, 2023. Then we have the 8th Annual Your Health Freedom Galen Symposium. Thanks to my friend Christian Chevrier. That's in Utah, the 6th and the 7th. Some really cool people, including uh, Dr. Jancy Lindsay. She's one of the top toxicologists talking about the controversies over COVID, Pierre Corey, Merrill Nass, different people will be with us at that event. And then I mentioned the Health Freedom Expo. That's uh, October 14th and 15th. And then we have a big event, November 3rd through 5th in Phoenix, Scottsdale, Arizona, with Dr. Terry, Teresa and Stu, Stu Warner, Terry and Stu Warner. Uh, and uh, look forward to seeing, seeing you there with Dr. Jack and Heather Wolfson. And we'll have a, a kind of an integrative holistic uh, film festival as well. And uh, God, th- th- that's just some of what's coming up. I know it's a lot. Uh, some of these things, Dr. Edward Griffin attends, and he's attended many events that I'm not at. So if I'm not there, go to see Dr. Ed Griffin. <laughs> the Robert Scott Bell Show. It is Dr. Ed Griffin. How are you doing, Dr. Griffin? I'm doing well, and how are you doing today? Good. I'm getting a little echo coming back through your speakers. If you can turn down your speakers a little bit or get headphones. Otherwise, we'll we'll roll through this and uh, carry on. But we're going to have to roll. Like- yeah. I appreciate you uh, being here with me today. and flexing to be a part of the show because I head out to Boise this afternoon after the show uh, for another event where I'll be able to educate folks on the power of silver and copper, which we have a, a, a mutual uh, affection for in terms of its utilization therapeutically and from a supplemental perspective. Yeah, definitely. That benefits of silver and copper both. Um, am I feeding back too much for you there? Or, no, it's uh, a little better now. Thanks. 
Okay, we'll just keep going with it and we'll see. I'll see if I can get some headphones before we uh, come back again when we take a break here. But uh, yeah, that benefits of silver and copper that are so important and so versatile, you know, whether we're talking about silver or we're talking about copper and all of the health benefits. So, so many things to talk about. I, I never know where to start when we're talking about silver and copper. Well, let, so. let's start first with your background. You've been on the show before, your friend. And for those that don't know Dr. Edward Griffin, again, he's gone through the naturopathic physician training to get the ND degree and uh, is licensed at a couple of places as well. And, you know, I've, we've talked about the controversy of naturopathy and its history and how um, some of these naturopathic schools are now teaching naturopaths how to inject people, you know, these things called vaccines that are very dangerous and, and not scientifically sound because they've never been tested against placebo individually or with others or on this broad schedule. So there is uh, some corruption in terms of the allopathic medical model engulfing and devouring part of naturopathy. And I know you're invested in integrity and in health and healing. And so that's a concern to you as well. Right. And I agree. And I, you, you mentioned some of the institutes that have been kind of invaded by the allopathic medicine. And I'll, I'll go back to DOs for a minute is osteopathic doctors. The same thing happened with osteopaths many years ago is osteopaths originally started out being way more like a chiropractor. And it's really about the model came in and the allopathic model came in and they kind of I guess they were they were taken over by the allopathic world and mainstream medicine and I, I can see the same thing happening within naturopathic care as well and so you mentioned you know mentioning your friends at Trinity there and talking about and I've had this discussion because I've talked to both groups there's the the ANMA group the uh American Naturopathic Medical Association, ANMA. Yes. Perfect. And then there's the AANP, the American Association of Naturopathic Physicians. Yeah. So is that's there's this kind of, I don't think there should be a discussion about one being better, one being worse, or is it one or the other? And I, I like to call it, you know, is we could talk about all different types of things here. And I really believe what it comes down to is what works to heal people as naturally as possible versus, and there's, you know, we could talk idealistically and, you know, philosophically the differences. And I've had conversations with some of the naturopaths that are unaccredited. And I'm going to say this is there are brilliant healers in all walks of life. I know MDs that are amazing and more naturopathic than some other naturopathic doctors. True. But then I know some naturopaths that are more all allopathic than yeah. MDs. So it's, exactly. it's it's hard to group everybody together. And what I really feel, it's just about, it's healing people. It's teaching people how to heal themselves, how to take care of themselves. Well, and we I think support, it's the most important thing. I think we support the freedom uh, to engage wherever you want to in terms of your uh, naturopathic education. And, and the boy, the bottom line is, you know, how do we bring the power to heal back to the people? And, and fundamentally it doesn't matter whether you're an ND, MD or a lay person, there are certain principles you can tap into to help. And we want to support all those that are invested in those principles. And I know that's what you're all about as well. Perfect. And I think that's well said. And I think that's as a company working for natural immunogenics now, is that's one of the things that we talk about is that health sovereignty is the most important thing. And when I first walked in, when I first interviewed to work here, I walked in and on the wall, I saw this big quote about health sovereignty. And I'm like, that's where I wanna be is because 
We're talking about health freedom. We're not talking about what is correct. And I, I think it's really about informed consent too, is you need to be aware of what's being injected to you. I'm not saying you can or can't. I'm saying you need to be aware of what is happening to your body. If you choose to get a vaccine, that's your choice. If you choose for your children to get a vaccine, that's your choice. Mm-hmm. And But you need to be aware of the actual truth and what could happen because of that. Yeah. Autism rates have skyrocketed, skyrocketed with the vaccine schedule. Now, correlation, causation, that's where we're talking. You know, there's definitely a correlation there, but causation is difficult to prove. So yeah. very important there, but it's really about being informed and everything that's happened over the last several years, mandates and forcing people to do things, that is straight out of the communist manifesto. So is, well, come sure. on, is forcing people to do things. Yeah. So let's talk about some of our our efforts and your efforts in education. Uh, You've written a couple of blog posts. We'll see if we can get them linked up. Uh, One is about nasal health and you know, it's, it's entitled wash your nose question mark. Right. And, and uh, when I wrote that is, uh, yeah, I was being asked to write something about allergy season. And then, you know, because of Again, the laws, because of Deshae, we're not allowed to say certain things. We can't talk about allergies specifically, but how do we talk about healing the body or working with the natural immunity of the body? So, I mean, we think about it and, you know, if I think you've probably had a chance to read this article or flip through it really quick. I start out with, if your hands are dirty, what do you do? You wash your hands, you know, a little bit of soap and water, but it's easy because it's on the outside. But now... What happens when we're getting sick or when we have allergies or we have this mucus or we have all of these things going on in our sinuses and our nasal cavity? Why don't we wash our noses? Is, you know, we think about, oh, it's dirty. Something's happening. If we got bacteria, we got a virus. Why don't we wash our noses? So this is kind of interesting is mucus and where does it come from and how important it is. Mucus is very important. It's not that it's a bad thing. When we create mucus, it's our body trying to get rid of something that doesn't belong there. Yeah. So and it, what's happening about, now? Hold on there, Dr. Griffin, because I, yep. I just have to say, when you think of washing your nose, I think of washing the outside of your nose, but taking soap and going, it's like, no, that's not enough pleasant. So <laughs> in your blog post, you also describe a little bit of a different kind of concept of cleansing and and your point about mucus production is it's not bad in and of itself. There's a purpose and adaptation for the environment. And, and we can talk about not wanting to suppress it necessarily, but maybe the reasons why it's happening can be removed. And then excess mucus production is, is, is stopped, not because we've stopped it with a drug, but because we've, in, we've changed the environment for the better. We've changed the environment and we've supported the body's natural way of healing itself. So our body creating mucus is now to get rid of these bacteria, get rid of these viruses. So now by thinning the mucus or helping to rinse, helping to cleanse, we're supporting the body in getting rid of this. Now, you know, you can do this. Most people are familiar with the neti pot. So using the neti pot is a great way. Saline, using salt and water. Most bacteria, most viruses can't live in a saline environment. So very beneficial right there too, but you're also thinning the mucus and helping get some of those mucus out. So you're supporting the body with dumping the bacteria and virus from your body. Now, on the other hand, instead of just using something that's just cleansing, how about something that's now gonna support your white blood cells? 
support your immune system in creating more to get rid of and the body's natural ability. Silver is amazing. So a silver nasal spray helps to thin the mucus, but also now supports the antibacterial, the antiviral, the antifungal ability when we're talking about sinus infections, when we're talking about anything going on with the nose, cleansing that sinus cavity. Very important to cleanse it and allow that mucus to come out and do its job. You want it to come out. So when, we, when we're sick and we have that snotty, runny nose, it's important. You want it out, not back in. Well, so and, and think very about, important to cleanse. When we talk about the allergy season, the pollen season, all, and, and this was my history, and, and I was the poster boy for every allergy known to man. Now, I, I encountered homeopathic medicine at the age of 24. And I never heard the word homeopathy before that began to utilize things to cleanse the liver, heal the gut. And we'll, we'll talk about some things that have uh, allowed me to help accelerate gut recovery as well uh, since that time many, many years ago. Uh, but I think about reducing the irritation to tissue. And we know that topical or local application of silver is quite unique and, and profound in its ability to reduce what are known as localized cytokine storms, that is response, immune responses to irritations and even injury. Uh, you know, it's why we have a, a, a topical gel that I've used for many years, uh, the Sovereign Silver First Aid Gel and the Argentin 23 First Aid Gel. So if we can deliver to the area in need, it isn't that we're treating an allergy, is it? We're helping the immune response become optimized and normalized and reducing that inflammatory response, not by suppressing it like a drug, but by enhancing the normal response to clean an area, cleanse an area, and allow for that normalization of tissue integrity. Yeah, I think that's perfectly well-spoken there, is talking about how we're supporting the body. We're, we're not suppressing the body, we're supporting the body. Slowing down that cytokine storm, that cytokine reaction that's happening. I mean, not a true cytokine storm, but that cytokine reaction with, as those chemicals are causing inflammation, are creating more mucus. It's your body trying to get rid of something, trying to protect itself even further. So we're supporting the body's natural response. And by delivering directly into the nasal area, into the sinuses, you're now, again, point of foci that we are getting to, to support the body's natural response. It's not that we're suppressing, we're supporting the natural yeah, response. Yeah, making more efficient and of course, accelerating through the, the, the most discomforting parts of these things. And, you know, it's a fine line to walk in terms of bodily response, supporting structure and function and going into the, the thing they call a disease claim, which is why, you know, last hour talking with Jonathan Emord, uh, who's an amazing attorney who's beaten back the FDA so many times, recognize that freedom of speech in healing, freedom of scientific speech in healing is something we don't have in America because we know what we can do, but we are limited in what we can say. Yeah, I, I think it's a little bit crazy that we're limited so much on what we can say. And this is without get, pushing the line too much of what I'm allowed to say and not allowed yeah. to say is because, you know, deches and why I'm trained and licensed as a physician, but because I'm a company, I'm not allowed to say things that I know are true. So <laughs> that's ridiculous is because I legally can't say something. And this is, you know, I think I'm sure you've said this before and I've heard it from many people is, it's a difference between morality and legality is mm -hmm. what is legal and what is moral is yeah. my moral obligation is to help people get better, to help people feel better. 
versus the legal obligation of what we're allowed to say or not say. No. Um, I, I also, one of my mentors in naturopathic school said that uh, you're not truly a naturopath until you've been arrested for healing somebody. <laughs> I'm like, well, I don't want to go to jail, but I also, right. you know, I want to heal people. I don't want to get in trouble for it, but I want to heal people and take care of people. Dr. Griffin, it's kind of like, you know, you, you, you're not a truth teller unless you've been suppressed, banned, or, you know, your free speech has been taken away. Like yep. we, we've lost our, you know, platform on YouTube many, well, a couple of years now as well. And Spotify and, and LinkedIn doesn't like what we have to say. And uh, I've got some things to say about that now. But the acceptance of a reduced ability to have free speech is amazing because you'd think a, a high ideal in America where we originate uh, would be to defend freedom of speech. So it, it's a, it's a, I would say fun in quotes, but it's an interesting phenomenon that we have to kind of be careful about how we say what is truthful, accurate, scientifically validated because the legalities of it could run you particularly into problems as you know, working for a company that has a dietary supplement on, on the market. Exactly. And it, isn't it funny is what was true, quote, true mm -hmm. two or three years ago is suddenly now being shown, you know, all the people that were spreading disinformation are now coming out to be the ones that were actually correct. Accurate. Yeah. So it's kind of crazy. And, yeah. You know, what's the difference between the world being flat and the world being round? Yeah. Just a short time, you know, is, you know, suddenly we went from, you know, we know what we know until we don't know, or we don't know what we don't know until we know it. So it's just, it's crazy that it is what it is until we learn something different. And that's science. Yeah. Is, that's the idea behind science. And science is not, we shouldn't trust the science. That's the idea behind science is to question Science is a modality, is a method of questioning things to prove what's factual. Yeah. So really, we need to move forward with the science. Yes. And of course, uh, you know, I can speak a little bit more freely than you, but at the same time, I, I want to honor and, and acknowledge your presence here on the show. And that's why uh, it's kind of uh, subtle hints and, and, and things that we're discussing here. Now, one of the things I, I do want to talk with you about, and you've, you've also uh, found it pretty profound in my journey back to health. And you might want to share a little bit about your journey because you were also challenged uh, pharmaceutically as I was to, in my younger life to overcome a lot of challenges. And, and I've talked about my gut recovery. It took about two intense years of working with natural medicines, remedies, homeopathics, uh, supplements, going clean or organic, working with my liver and my gut to recover the bulk of the function that I had lost due to relying on toxic poison because I was raised pharmaceutically and medically. And um, yet when I learned of the properties of silver and specifically the bioactive silver hydrosol, if I could find a way to deliver them to an area need, and we talk about the inflammatory response, the immune response, the cytokine response, a lot of the damage to our immune system is due to damage to the gut, the microbiome itself, or and or the home for the microbiome. And so you have another article here, uh, uh, kind of a blog post about rest, digestion, and healing, the parasympathetic focus to wellness. And I'm sure it, it involves some discussion of gut as well, but maybe set that stage and, and again, relate some of your journey too. Perfect. Yeah, and I think that's a great segue there is we think about the parasympathetic and the sympathetic nervous systems and how they are kind of opposites, but how 
well they work together. And uh, I, in medical school, you learn sympathetic or any anatomy and physiology, sympathetic is fight or flight, and parasympathetic is rest and digest. But I added into that when I wrote this is rest, digest, and heal. Because that's when we're resting, that's when our body has the opportunity to heal. And now that parasympathetic focus on wellness is, in this case, I, in this article, I was talking a little bit about sleep and immune health and our digestive system and how they're all related. And I related it back to that, you know, what came first, the chicken or the egg? Is Did the chicken come first? Did the egg come first? Where do you start? And so I think a lot of things all relate back to, you know, sleep problems, immune problems, wherever we're talking about, I believe they're all coming back to gut health. Uh, we, we know that 70 to 80% of the immune system starts in the gut. So now when we're talking about gut health, we're talking about everything that we're exposed to. Think about the, all the over-chemicalized foods that we eat. Think about the over-processed foods. Think about the high sugar it is now reducing our immune system. Think about all of those pieces together and now throw on top monocropin and glyphosates and Monsanto and all of these other poor food choices that we make. Uh, sugar is more addictive than drugs. Uh, without getting into any specifics, there, sugar is more addictive than nicotine. So sugar is being added to our foods and we have a whole generation of kids, now young adults, even to middle age that are completely addicted to sugars and addicted to these highly processed foods. And that's what it is. It's a food addiction. When do we learn to eat for our health as opposed to eating for our cravings? And the difference between appetite and cravings mm -hmm. is when are we actually hungry? When are we craving? Our body craving nutrition. Uh, I can't tell you the number of times that I'm craving a good salad where I just want to eat vegetables because mm -hmm. I haven't had some in a while. I'm like, my body's telling me I need some nutrition. I'm going to listen to it. Not, it's not craving and telling me, oh, I need another Snickers bar. You know. Right. Well, you, know, that, that, you, so you mentioned that, uh, Dr. Griffin, and, and we have a, let's say, a, an interpretation problem of the language of the body. The cells are communicating. That's what symptoms are, including hunger, you know, is a symptom of, well, I crave something. And will often uh, displace or misplace or misunderstand that craving, as you pointed out. We'll reach for something that will immediately gratify us but create more health problems because it's not truly answering the call of that symptom or sense or, or craving. And, and again, this to me is also the corruption of the language that is found in the corruption of the integrity of that microbiome. And then we don't teach people. There's not a, a, a naturopathic training in our upbringing in grade school, in middle school, in high school, right? So we don't have this knowledge of, oh, my gosh, when your symptoms are this, this was what it means. No one's interpreting it except that we have a predominant allopathic thought form in the Western world in America where we're told if you have a craving or a symptom that it could be answered by a synthetic drug, for instance, approved by the government or a government agency. So we see how corrupted the language has become, not only the freedom of speech issue, which we discussed, but learning the language of our own bodies. Exactly. It's listening to what our bodies are saying to us, you know, is the difference between actual hunger and needing nutrition and the difference between a craving. So hunger versus cravings is craving that sugar, craving that thing that we is our comfort food 
what are we actually craving is do we need that nutrition? Yeah, we need nutrition. We need to get all of those vital essential minerals into our bodies. And so many times we mistake that just for this craving that we had and to satisfy that craving that makes us satiated. Again, sugar turning on those dopamine pathways, making us feel better, but we're not actually feeling better. We're creating more dis-ease. So we're getting farther down the road to this disease process. And now with the foods that we're now eating, the poor food quality, again, I say this quite often is at no point in history, other than today, we have a higher caloric and lower nutrition than ever before in history mm-hmm. today. So we eat thousands and thousands of calories instead of the 2000 calorie, 2000 calories a day that we are recommended to us. Now, we are eating 3,000, 4,000. We have an obesity epidemic in America. What? Why isn't that the pandemic that we need to talk about? Is the pandemic of obesity and poor food choices. I know kids that won't eat vegetables. I know kids that won't eat something that's healthy for them because their parents, they were raised that way. They're, the parents are giving whatever they want. And instead of actually feeding people for nutrition and eating for health, And jumping back to Hippocrates, let your food be your medicine, your medicine be your food. So important to heal the body. And now we jump into Monsanto and the glyphosates and think about glyphosates and leaky gut. And now we're damaging our GI tract. And that's what I get into in the article is talking about how all of our health starts there in the GI tract. And like you mentioned, and I have a history of ulcerative colitis. So I was diagnosed, um, you mentioned yours was 24. I think it was, I was 25 or 26. I first heard the word naturopath Mm. and it was a video. I was, I was going to be a psychologist. I was going to be a counseling psychologist was my plan. And I wanted to teach people, work on people mentally. As a kid, I always wanted to be a doctor, but then I was diagnosed with ulcerative colitis. And suddenly I don't want to be one of those guys. I don't want to be a drug pusher telling them to take a drug that never worked for me. Yeah. I want to heal people. I don't want to hurt people. So I started thinking about that mind-body connection. Was it stress that was causing my GI disturbances? Was it how I dealt with things? So is my background's in psychology, but then it was that one word, and I don't want to date us here, is, but is I was, you know, roll in the audiovisual cart with the TV and the VCR and or DVD player at the time, and we watched the video, and suddenly this word naturopath came up, and it was that light bulb moment for me. It turned on. I'm like, oh my God, treat the actual person and what's wrong. And you mentioned the allopathic versus like a naturopathic bottle is treat the cause. Mm-hmm. What caused my GI disturbances? What caused your health issues? Yeah. And how do we treat that cause? And one of the things I always say is I, I use a headache as an example. If you go to an allopath and you have a headache, they're going to give you an NSAID. They're going to give you an aspirin, a Tylenol, an ibuprofen. They don't ask, did you drink enough water today? Is there stress in your life? Did you take some magnesium? Are you eating a healthy diet? They jump right into being a drug pusher. Is You're selling a pharmaceutical as opposed to fixing the problem and treating the root cause. Mm-hmm. Where does the issue come from? I don't have a headache because I have a lack of aspirin in my body. I have a headache because I didn't drink enough water. Um, Maybe you got a hangover, maybe whatever it is you did the day before that might be causing this. Maybe you worked out, maybe you went hiking and you're salt deficient. Why don't they look at those as causes? They jump right to, let's just cover up the symptom. 
A symptom is our body telling us that something is wrong. Anytime we feel pain, anytime we feel anything in our body, it's our body's signal system to tell us that something's going on. Listen to your body. You are your own best physician. You need to be your advocate and know what, listen to your body, know what your body is telling you. I can tell you my biggest trigger is sugar and dairy. Mm -hmm. Do I still occasionally get it? Of course, you know, I, I love cheese pizza, you know, so it's, uh, occasionally I'm going to have some pizza. I'm going to have a little bit of dairy. But as soon as I have dairy or sugar, my eustachian tubes block up. I feel it in my ears within minutes of having either sugar or dairy. So I know what my triggers are. Yeah. And well, it's learning how to, to listen. We need to make sure you, nobody puts pizza in their ear just for one. Uh, just to make sure people are putting the Don't right. Don't put pizza in your ear. And, and <laughs> if you do, like me. Uh, I make sure it's organic, uh, uh, and uh, that's our like weekly treat. We'll have the uh, imported Italian organic pizzas that are coming in frozen through Trader Joe's. I wish I had stock in that company because we get those. But while we have access to things like that, I can indulge occasionally as well. But yes, pay attention to how your body responds and reacts to it. You know, don't think that oh my gosh, I, I it's a drug deficiency. It's not. It's something that you put in your body's going, hey, we have symptoms here because we're not, mm, it's not optimal for us. So pay attention to that quality of food matters as well. Now, in healing the gut, this is a big part of my journey and yours, Dr. Griffin. Um, I've written about it exactly. in Unlock the Power to Heal the Gut Recovery Protocol, Restoring Structure. And then, of course, following on that is the function is improved. That is uh, the Silver Aloe Gut Recovery Protocol. Uh, I've been sent a link. I'm going to share this with you now. It's in the show notes today at robertscabell.com. Uh, if you're going through two weeks of, yeah, look, you're holding that up. If you're going through two weeks of the silver aloe gut recovery protocol, um, it takes a 32 ounce and a 16 ounce bottle of the silver hydrosol, basically, and you'll get some aloe. There's a special deal to get that and more uh, where you have a bundled savings, 20% off. And there it is. Super Don has it listed and we have it linked up in the show notes today. Just click on that. Take advantage of it. I don't know how long this is going to be going for, but jump on this. This is the greatest deal. It's it's technically more than 20% off, even though it's 20% off, because you'll also get a free one ounce bioactive silver hydrosol twist top, a little travel size you can take with you, and a free sovereign silver extra large women's soft crew neck t-shirt and a free sovereign silver tote. I believe we're throwing in that bag too. What's that? Perfect. Yeah. yeah, we're throwing all those pieces in. And when you're doing the gut health protocol, yeah. that one ounce bottle is a great measurement tool because you're doing an ounce of silver right. with an ounce of aloe three times a day. So use that ounce the first time and then refill mm -hmm. it and use that as your measuring device. Nice. Yeah. So you have ease of use. To, how much do I take? Boom. You got it. Mix it together as we described and uh, get some organic quality, good, clean aloe. I have recommendations on that wherever you are, but you can check it out. Uh, you know, links are like the, we have the banners at robertscottbell.com. So that's a really cool offer for you being here, Dr. Riff. And I appreciate that. Again, take advantage of that 20% off and then some because you get that one ounce bottle for free and a t-shirt and a tote bag. Uh, so that's kind of a fun uh, summer thing as well. That's perfect. And now with summer coming up too, is I, I kind of want to, because we're talking about gut health, mm -hmm. gut health also relates to our skin health. So I always go back to thinking about our body. And the very most basic thing is I think of our bodies as a big tube. We've got an opening on the top is our mouth. And then we've got an opening on the bottom. So we've got an intake and an output. 
but everything that else happens is we're just this big tube of skin. So we've got skin on the inside, which is our gut health, which is going to be helped with that silver aloe protocol. But on the outside, we've also got skin that we deal with all the time and all those little issues. So we have, RSB mentioned the skincare gel. We are actually coming out soon with the natural healing gel that is going to be coming out sometime in June. We are going to start pre-launching it. And to talk about that a little bit, uh, if you're interested in the middle of the June, if you text the word skincare to 844-978-2486, we'll actually, you'll get a reply so that you are the first on the list to get all the new information for our brand new natural healing gel. I'm even going to hold that up if I can do it without a glare. Can you say that number again? Text the word skincare to give me the number. Perfect. Text the word skincare to 844-978-2486. So you'll get, you'll be the first to know and be able to order our new skincare gel. It's coming out. I want to see that more closely. So hold on. I'm going to put you full screen. And, oh, you're reversed. Perfect. Okay, that's okay. But it says natural healing gel. I'm reading it backwards for skincare. Uh, so look at that. We got a yep. tube version uh, that's coming out. That's that's new. What is the size of that container? This is a two ounce. I believe we're making both a two ounce. And I think there might be a one ounce. But I think the two ounce is going to be the big one that we're going to be doing for now. Okay. But a, a lot of people talked about our um, like our first aid gel and our other gels. And they, they had a pump top. Yep. And they always got upset because you couldn't get that little bit out of the bottom. So we, that's why we switched to a tube okay. so that people can get out of it a little bit or even open the tube up eventually. But now, yeah, if you type that word skincare to the number, um, you will be the first to hear about this. And this is something you can, uh, for you know, we had the skincare ge- or the first aid gel. Now we have our natural healing gel that could be used on a daily basis. So think about any of those skin eruptions from acne, from razor burn, from eczema. Think about rashes and something that you can use on a daily basis. And uh, I was thinking about this right before I came on and uh, what about shaving? So how about shaving and those little razor bumps or that little bit of razor burn if you're prone to that, using this on a daily basis to help support the healing, again, support the body's natural healing Mm -hmm. uh, using silver in that way. So not only is it going to be antimicrobial, but you're speeding up healing by as much as a third. So, uh, and then even there now reduces scarring. So how about all the times that you do those little nick over and over that certain area, like if you're shaving your face around the edges where you kind of cut yourself all the time, you're going to get scars eventually. Think about shaving legs, think about shaving anything that you want to shave and that it could be beneficial for all of those kind of little razor burns, but also now think we are going into prime sunburn season for the people outside and playing. Some of the schools are starting to let out here in Florida. Our schools, Friday was our last day of school. So now we got people uh, outside and enjoying the sun, enjoying the beaches. How about you're out in the sun for a little while? How about even without a sunburn, put it on preventative. Yeah, I'll tell you what, on a daily basis. When I was been out in the garden and, you know, um, um, the left side, I was I was noticing I was kind of leaning that way. The sun was on it at the time of day, and it definitely got a, a, a burn. But I utilized the silver topically, and it never peeled. It never bubbled up. It wasn't 
the, you know, the normal expectation when you have a sunburn, it really accelerated the recovery and the tissue integrity restoration. So everybody should have this, this gel. Uh, and again, the new version coming out in June, but by all means, you could still have access to that. Uh, some of the times with our uh, monthly AMA for our uh, patron supporters, Natural Immunogenics has been so generous to supply some samples and we, you know, give away those things as a special gift and prize. And thank you to everybody. And you guys know about it. So many of you have utilized it. So it's very exciting to know. And uh, Super Don put up the skincare, tech skincare to 844-978-2486. And it's in, uh, for those of you watching, you can see that there. Get plugged in. Now, I, I'm lecturing around the country, sometimes around the world on various subjects, including silver and copper therapeutics and things. I've got the Maho event for health food stores coming up in July in Columbus, Ohio. Um, and I mentioned a bunch of upcoming events. Do you have any events upcoming that you can share that maybe people want to come out and see you? Um, one that I know I'm going to is actually in, uh, I think it's Ju uh, June 9th and 10th. I'm going to be in Chicago visiting one of the, uh, well, it's actually a chiropractic school, the National University of Health Sciences mm -hmm. in Lombard, Illinois. So it's just outside of Chicago. Uh, I'm going to be visiting there and they're doing their chiropractic school, but they have a naturopathic program. And I believe they also have an acupuncture program. So I'm visiting them and it's their annual homecoming where they have alumni come back and the students are invited, but they also have a CE track so that chiropractors can come in and get some CE education. Some naturopaths can do a CE education and get some of those continuing med medical education credits that they need. So I'm going to be there on the 9th and 10th. Uh, I'm going to be at the ANMA conference in, uh, is that in August? I think it's towards the end of August, middle to the end of August. So visiting those traditional naturopaths. Mm -hmm. um, we are currently working with the Sonoran University of Health Sciences as well. A shout out to them. Uh, we're in the process of hiring a student rep. So I'll be in Arizona occasionally this summer. Uh, of course, the hottest time of the year in yes. Phoenix. Right. So... Uh, <laughs> I need to go to Phoenix in the wintertime, not the summertime. Exactly. Somebody's got to reschedule. Uh, yeah. you. Yes. Perfect. And then every time I hear about your events and the Red Pill Expo and the all the events that you do, I'm like, oh, I need to go to that too. But I also have a family and I need to visit my family once in a while right. and you know, not be traveling all the time. <laughs> oh, I know. It's a it's a it's a balance. And you know, we had the uh, unfortunate loss of my dear friend Dr. Rashid Batar recently, you know, within the last couple of weeks. And um, that curtailed an event that, that I go to that would have been the fifth annual advanced medicine conference. Uh, and this one was in St. Louis. So um, I, I obviously I, I didn't travel to that. We didn't have it. The family is grieving and, and working on, on those things. And uh, you find uh, the gratitude to be able to spend time with family as well when you see the loss that that occurs. And right. uh, we definitely uh, took the time to be together. I, I went out with my kids and we went out shooting on Memorial Day at an outdoor range, had a great time. And yeah, there's got to be a, fa a family balance, a work family balance somehow in that. Sometimes I'm not as good as, at that as I'd like to be. Uh, but as you said, we can't be everywhere. Some people can be if they don't, if they're not attached to anything, but there are other things in life as well. Occasionally we need to be home caring for our family and the garden and other things like that. Right. And yeah, again, my deepest sympathy to all of those out there that knew uh, Rashid Buttar. And I was actually at uh, the Dr. Schellenberger ozone conference, learning about prolozone and ozone therapy. Um, well, actually kind of, I was supporting the company, but it was my second time going through that. I love ozone by the way. And I was actually working with um, a, a gentleman at a table next to me 
And he's the one that told me that Dr. Batar had passed and that the event had been canceled. So I w- it was shock. And he was only in his mid fifties. And so is what happened is, you know, so such a loss to our community and a, a great pioneer that uh, is, you know, preaching about all the health freedoms that we need and we need to support. Yeah, exactly. And that brings up, you know, a few more minutes with you here, uh, Dr. Griffin, and something we also enjoy talking about uh, and educating on. And for those of you who are doctors, naturopaths, nutritionists, uh, anything like that, uh, we do some ongoing education summits online for you to watch at your leisure, uh, depending on the scheduling, of course, uh, including copper. And I think that's another aspect of uh, we don't have a full time to go into that today, but I did want to mention that with you that we have seen a great diminishment yeah. in copper in our diet. And that, of course, is also driven into more deficiency by relying on other things, even natural supplements of zinc and vitamin C, uh, that when we lack the adequate copper stores, bioavailable bioactive copper in the body, that impacts negatively many uh, very critical uh, biological and life-sustaining pathways. Uh, and, and, you know, the, the sovereign copper product is, is an innovation that I've been like looking forward to having on the market and it came out a couple of years ago now, thankfully, and just in the nick of time. And uh, anything you want to share about that copper or stories you've heard of people utilizing it? I've heard so many beneficial stories and people talking about copper and how amazing it is. And so first of all, let's talk about bioactivity and bioavailability is that's one very important thing, whether we're talking about silver, whether we're talking about copper, it's about the correct form. It's make sure that it's a good form that you have. Yep, there's the bioactive copper hydrosol right there. Mm-hmm. We call it the four-in-one formula. It supports bone and joint health, hair, skin, and nails, cardiovascular issues, and it also supports energy and metabolism. So all of those things. And remember, copper is an essential trace mineral, and now it is an antagonist with zinc. So all the zinc, all the vitamin C that we've taken to support the immune system over the last few years Make sure that you're adding that copper in. So, so many people are deficient of copper. Not only are we getting not enough in our food sources from as much as an 80% depletion in our soils and our vegetables to only absorbing about 30 to 40% of that less than 80% that we're now getting. And so we are so deficient. Uh, There's actually an NIH study that says that 81% of I believe it's the U.S. population is getting less than two-thirds of the copper they need. So that's the majority of people. And I would say it's higher than 81% that is getting not enough because we're not getting it. We've replaced our copper pipes. We used to drink our tap water. We can't drink our tap water. It's fluoridated. It's chloride. It's everything. That's all the detrimental things that are in our water. We don't even drink our tap water. Not only are we replacing our copper pipes, with plastic pipes, now we got plastics in our water. Now we're not getting it in our food sources. Uh, How many people eat organ meat every day? Almost nobody, unless you are, you know, out there and being truly naturopathic and living out there and really paying attention to everything you're eating. But think about that is the organ meats, the shellfish, uh, we used to say it's high in wheat, but again, our soil is depleted. It's high in green leafies soil depleted. It's high in dark chocolate. The bee pollen, which is I know one of your favorites, RSB, is so bee pollen. But now if the bees can't get it from the plants, the bee pollen's even going to be depleted in it. 
Yeah. So, so getting even that little bit, we and, and everything so, is reduced. So supplementing so is critical. And what's unique, the breakthrough in terms of the the availability, bioavailability, bioactivity of this product, the Sovereign Copper. It's the Copper One, Copper Two, instant absorption, utilization. Uh, you're not re relying on faulty digestion because you have mucosal uh, pathways of just immediate absorption. And you also, again, uh, are overcoming issues of, of uh, let's say, people are averse to eating organ meat some. You know, they don't, ooh, it tastes bad, whatever. We need right. to get that copper in, and we need to get it in safely. And even at micrograms have the benefit of if you've ingested a lot more and got a little benefit, we're giving you a little bit and getting a lot of benefit from it. And that's a breakthrough in terms of uh, taking copper in on a daily basis. I try to do a tablespoon one, two, or even three times a day. Yeah, that's exactly right. Is um, and stories you mentioned, you know, telling some stories about it is uh, Seth Quinto, one of the brothers that uh, is part of the company that owns the company. Uh, he was at a show recently, and a friend of the company's was kind of limping along a little bit. And uh, Seth said, "Oh, here, try the copper. The copper will help with your feet." He power dosed, did five doses back to back to back, and suddenly. She came back about an hour later and was no longer limping. Mm -hmm. So I'm not saying that it cures anything, but mm -hmm. in this one case, it was absolutely amazing. Five doses of copper back to back and her pain in her foot went away. He had her do another five doses right after that. And she saw benefits the next day and it was amazing. And I've heard multiple stories of people kind of limping around and then trying some doses of copper and feeling better afterwards. I was at a, I believe it was a chiropractic show, but I know it was the chiropractor's wife that came up to me at the show mm -hmm. and came up and uh, talked to us. And it's like, oh my gosh, I ran out of your product last week and I'm never going to run out again because my my joints are hurting again. My, I didn't realize that my joint pain had completely gone away since taking this. Mm -hmm. So uh, it just, it blows me away when I hear these stories and people. And then how about anemia? And that we talk about, iron deficiency, but it's really an iron dysfunction. We need copper to now mobilize the iron in the body. So you can take all the iron you want, but if the iron isn't being utilized properly, it's not going to benefit anybody. Yeah, But still, right. all the allopathic doctors say, take more iron, take more iron, take more iron. And that's, you know, I'm going to call that green allopathy. Mm -hmm. If you're just treating the symptom and you're just trying to give it more iron, more iron, more iron, but you don't understand why the iron isn't helping, why the iron isn't working. It's not benefiting. It's not yeah. fixing the problem. If you don't understand the metabolic pathways, the interactions between other minerals, et cetera, uh, you're going only part way there and you could create more problems than you're helping. Uh, Dr. Edward Griffin, grateful for you, my friend. I always enjoy getting together with you. And how do people plug in if they want to, um, take part in any of the trainings that are online, uh, you know, that are, that are program, programming or each month, once or twice a month. Uh, follow, uh, we send out emails monthly. You can send us a email at education at sovereignsilver.com and we can update you on the current events that are coming up. I believe we've got a couple next week. Uh, I don't have my calendar in front of me right now, but I no. think we were talking, uh, I can't remember if it's copper next. I think we're talking about copper and silver next week. So I, um, again, without my calendar in front of me, it's hard, but send us a message at education at sovereignsilver.com and uh, we will send you when the next webinars are coming up and send you a link to those so that you can join us. Uh, join RSB and myself chatting a little bit about 
the benefits of silver, the benefits of copper, and going into the history, the science, why it works, and telling you a little bit more about why these products are absolutely amazing. And again, it's all about bioavailable. It's about what your body can use. All right. And remember the bundled savings that we have available to you. Check it out. It's in the show notes today. Uh, 20% off. You get a free one ounce uh, bioactive silver hydrosol twist top and a free sovereign silver uh, t-shirt as well as a tote bag. How cool is that? So anyway, they're calling me. I got to go. I got to head out to the airport and uh, head to the Boise event. Thank you, Super Don, for making it sound so good as well. Thank you to Jonathan Emord. Thank you to Dr. Edward Griffin as well. And uh, we will uh, we'll talk again and see you tomorrow live from Boise, Idaho. And Dr. Edward Griffin, I'm reminding you, as I remind everybody at the end of each show, the power to heal is yours. Thank you.